Greetings, and thank you for listening to the Smash Loot and Roll podcast. When we last left our trio, they had decided to return to the Stitch in Time to ask Bay some more questions. We join our trio as they enter the Stitch in Time. What answers will they find, and will those answers lead them to Eric? Now please enjoy Episode 7, Grease is the Word. So anybody remember where, where you guys were? Which two were doing? Uh, let's see. Last I remember, we had... Let's see, where's my note here? We left Callist uh, with instructions to find the people and send them messages. We had gone back to the awning portal, which was in full swing. I had spoken to Yagram, the half-orc bouncer lady at the awning portal, about making a contact with, uh, what's his name? Erstal, I think? No. Yeah, I think it was Erstal, wasn't it? No. Yes, it was. Okay, so it was Erstal. And eventually we partied and I went to bed and had a bad dream. <laughs> was was visited by a vision of an island and any numbers of creeping horrors therein and word of that they're coming, or I think that's what it said. Yeah, that's basically the whole thing. And then you guys woke up and you decided you guys want to go back to Stitch in Time to uh, see if there's any secrets to be had. Correct. There you go. So they said, come back in a couple <laughs> of days because he's usually back. And if he's not back by then, maybe there's something to worry about. Hmm. Well, and he missed his own road show. And he missed his own road show. <laughs> and he missed his own uh, episode of um, Drag Race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. So to give you guys some context of the timeline and everything else, you guys, it is about in two more days, midsummer. Uh, festival will start you guys have one more day then you guys i've learned that uh founders day which is the found the day that Waterdeep was officially declared a city happens uh tomorrow which leads into uh, basically a two-day party that leads up to midsummer festival which leads into this year shield meet because it's leap year which leads into three more days of a festival that deal with people being able to make deals and just having a more like a business type meeting because people are now willing to get out and get things done. So, so this is party central is what you're saying. Yeah. You, you think of it like Mardi Gras, just a couple of days longer. Yeah. So with that being said, you guys were on, you got, hey, you got up in the morning, had your breakfast and then decided to head out back to the South ward to return to the stitch in time and meet with Bay to find out some more information. You guys took a quick trip down there without a problem. You guys are at the front door of the stitch in time. What would you like to do? Knock on the door. It takes a moment at this hour you don't see an open or close sign on with you know you're early enough you're like ah we might they might not be open but eventually bay does come to the door she opens it up and she goes oh you three again come on in step 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 trundle 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 <laughs> she's like well have you been enjoying your stay in Waterdeep? we have it's been a a veritable cornucopia of experience so far but we are a bit concerned still about your uh your employer Give me a persuasion roll there, Bowden. Okie dokie. Persuasion. I'm actually pretty good at that. 11. Not that good. <laughs> but that was an 8, so. Could be worse. Yeah. Could be an 11 minus 10. This is true. It almost was. <laughs> so she's like, she walks around. Uh, she walks back to the desk area, I guess, you know, the table that what Steven's just normally used to lay out the cloth and everything else. And she goes, could I offer you guys some tea? Certainly. Okay. 
So she goes over to the uh, potbelly stove where the kettle's on, you know, pulls out a couple more pieces of not china, but uh, basically glassware. What's her demeanor? Does she, she seem... She, when you ask the question and everything else you see, you notice you've got a good piece of that. Uh, when you ask that question, you saw her demeanor sort of change to where she was a little nervous, and you can see that when she's steeping the tea into the drinks and everything, and your hand shakes a little bit. But she does walk back and you know, a couple minutes, and she makes sure you guys all have a uh, little bit of tea okay. in front of you. All right. And she's uh, like, do, oh, go ahead. Do we have the impression she's alone? Yeah, you don't hear any other motion. You know the shop is pretty much an open shop. You've got various bolts of cloth, stuff to sew, things like that to uh, make you know what you'd find in a dressmaker's area. Uh, the front of the shop has a couple areas to hang finished items that are more like here's an example of what we do more of the than here coming and buy these type of things. And there is one room that would probably be considered a storage, and there is a back room, but uh, judging by the size of the building, it might be like a small office type thing, nothing big. No, there isn't a doorway inside. So you, the only thing you notice, because this is a three-story building, there is no way up to the upper floors, but you did not, as you're on your way in, you have seen the stairs on the outside that lead up to the other floors. So the only other people that would be, that could hear are anybody that's above you if they want to put their ear to the floor and listen to you guys chitter-chatter. Okay. But she's like, um, she's like, yeah, well, you know, when you first came, I kind of blew it off. But after last night with uh, Eric not showing up to his own, event his show i'm a little more concerned she's like there might be something to what you said about him not him being missing and and uh it, she's like i don't know what to say on that piece well we're a bit concerned as well we uh did in addition to some of our explorations around the town we did ask about to see if uh there was any indicators that he might have been missing elsewhere or if he had shown face anywhere else and we we saw no indication that as you saw, that he wasn't in places he should have been. And we even got some slight indication that there may have been a potential for conflict between him and some others. Apparently, the the day before he was last seen, or the day he was last seen, uh, was the night he was gambling and was particularly lucky that night. Why don't you guys give me an inside check at that point? Okay. You guys really can't aid each other because this is going to be your own individual idea of watching her react 19 19 23 23 thank you wisdom <laughs> adrock i didn't hear you and uh wisdom is my dumb stat <laughs> adrock drinks his tea no problem continues listening to conversation completely oblivious to the world <laughs> but uh chip i'm not doing so well yeah chip and Bowden, you guys notice a, a concerned look uh, draw across her face. You can see her eyes tighten a little bit. Uh, she attempts to cover it up by raising a glass of tea to her mouth and taking a taking a drink to compose herself. But it's more of a forced drink of, you know, and you can, it's, it's that forced drink of I need something to pause for a moment. And you can also see her hand shake a little bit. Madam, we know this is potentially disheartening news, and we know that you may have a level of concern about him. Understand that we're trying all that we can to see if there's ways that we can resolve this and locate him as quickly as possible. She's like, look, um, nothing should have happened. I mean, she puts the cup down and you can almost, you can hear the quiver in her voice as she starts to get a little upset. She's like, you know, nothing was ever supposed to happen to him. I just, you know, his gambling was actually hurting the business and it, it was getting so bad that he wouldn't even pay us our wages or, or barely pay us wages to where we could barely afford to feed our family, you know, feed our families during times. 
Are you worried for your own safety? Madam, it sounds like perhaps some actions were taken that seem like they may have led or gone out of control. There's this guy that came in, I don't know, probably six, seven weeks ago. And all he wanted was just to know what, what games Eric would play at. You know, when he was playing, where he'd play at him. And uh, he said it didn't make it worth my time. And, you know, when he came by, I, I barely had two coppers to rub to my name and had no, no way of feeding me and my husband. And you know, much less, you know, Apollina or Meredith, or Mel, excuse me, Melinda, they have their own people, they had their own families concerned with. And Eric had told us he wasn't going to be able to pay us again. So it, he said in exchange for that, you know, where he was playing, he'd make sure, you know, we'd, we'd get our fair share of the, we'd get our fair share of coin from the games. Can you describe this man? She goes, yeah, he was a young man. I mean, blonde, dirty blonde hair, blue eyes, uh, had looks, looks like a dragon tattoo on his neck with wings. Very nice. I mean, I didn't care for the other two guys that were hanging out outside the shop, rough, ruffian looks, but, um, looks like, you know, couple cut cut purses from you'd find down the dock ward but you know sorry i'm looking for where i put the name name of the guy at <laughs> what i do with the paperwork well it's either rainier or it's erstall or it's floon nope uh, uh he goes no nah. she goes no none of them uh she goes rainier no him him and rainier are very are very well connected i mean eric and rainier are great friends rainier is actually the one who's uh invested in, in the stitch in time to make uh, Eric a well-known name and get him his uh, shows and give us business for the, uh, for the upper class to actually come buy the dresses that we make and all the custom stuff. The gentleman's name was Sadiq. Sadiq. Uh, I whisper to my comrades, hey, was the dragon tattoo a Zentium thing? I don't recall. Uh, Zentium. Eyeball back of the neck? Star. So I feel like this is a third group. The tattoo for the Zents was a flying snake, more described as a flying snake with wings. And this is a dragon? Bay calls it a dragon. So there's always some room for some misinterpretation. Uh, you can give me an insight check there. Uh, you don't have to. Could be just a misinterpretation of what the tattoo is, too. You know, uh, she said, you know, it was on his neck, partially covered. Maybe she wasn't looking very closely at it. Oh, so it could have been, they could have been a winged snake? It could have been a winged snake. She said it was a winged dragon. Okay. What? what? Let's see. What were Xanathar's tattoos? They were an eye on them. They were the eye. They were the. They were the eyeball. So they're not gonna. They're not gonna mistake that one. Yeah. Okay. So okay. She goes. Sadiq promised that you know nothing would happen to Eric and everything else. They were just the first time he came back and gave us gave us some coin. You know, he said very. He, he was. They were very happy. They made. They said they made a good profit off the game. And that was a few weeks after the first the six week introduction. She goes. It was probably. She was probably with probably before the end of the week. She goes. I don't. Uh, I was just happy to have the coin to uh, buy food and uh, you know not go hungry for a day or two. I understand. U- ultimately, the results of these events will be between you and your uh, employer. Employer between me and Eric. Uh, well, yeah, probably not going to be. Probably not going to be the best for me. But um, she goes. Yeah, the skewered dragon is the last place. I know of him being an Apollina uh, was there that night when he was there. Who was? She goes, one of the other seamstress, Apollina. Oh, she was? Yeah. She was there with Rainier. Her and Rainier and her have, um, have a relationship going. Is she, is the seamstress here today? 
Oh, she should be in shortly, within an hour or so. We have we have several orders we got to take care of, so we'll be busy for the next couple of days. No, the show was, believe it or not, the show was actually very successful even without Eric there. Renair was able to uh, <clears throat> at least pick up in some aspects where Eric was. Eric normally takes care of. So the party still went well. Everybody was happy. I think people were disappointed not to see the designer there, though. But you were you were there for the show? Oh, of course, I have to be. Oh, understood. Understood. Uh, call call this a crazy question. I understand because I missed it. <laughs> but, but what what did Rainier, What was Rainier wearing uh, uh, that night? Was he the night of the uh, show or the show. Last night? the show? I mean, does he usually get dressed up for events like that? Oh and- yeah, he wears his uh, he wears a nice high coat. Uh, he's got the a vest and jacket combination, the nice boots, the pants, and everything else. Uh, He's really in the style of the uh, flared the flared pantaloons right now. Ah, nice. Peg leg. Yeah. So I, I only ask because I I know that uh, there has been at least some some talk that Rainier and uh, Eric are very uh, uh, very uh, similar in their appearances. <laughs> she starts chuckling. She she goes, if I uh, if I hadn't known any better, I'd, I believe they were I believe they were brothers. Uh, that's how close they look at look to each other at a glance. I see. They, they couldn't pass for each other, though. It, it, they're not. Oh, that. they could. It wouldn't take. It doesn't take much. Their hair color is the same. Eye color is the same. Even their facial features are very close. So, for those that aren't intimately familiar with Eric or even uh, uh, Master Rainier, you could easily mistake mistake the two. Ah, the, the the difference is though, Master Rainier is much more uh, elegantly spoken. Eric is uh, still a little rougher on the edges. I see. Very good. But he's learning. <laughs> he is learning. Do you do you happen to know of do you happen to know any of anything of Eric's raising uh, where, where where his family was from and so forth? Eric actually came out of the area outside of Baldur's Gate down in the south. Not much not much else that we know about him. He did come up here. We know he should, I know he started off in the uh, business of you know bringing in bolts you know cloth and material and everything else and he he figured he'd have a better time of making a living up here in Waterdeep where fashion seems to be keener than what is down there in Baldars. Baldars seems Baldars Gate seems to be more of an area that just it's more of a working class city. This one, with it being pretty much the capital of the Sword Coast, seems much much more of a, a fashion forward city. I understand. Hmm. Well, do you know about how long till Apollino arrives? Uh she should be here relatively soon. I mean Normally, uh, post breakfast, uh, and if she's with Rainier, she may be Master Rainier, she may be running a little later. I don't know. Um, quite a few things to get done, and um, open. And about that time, you hear the ting 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 of the doorbell, and you uh, you notice another a female. She's uh, dark hair, she's got her hair cut in a bob, more short, and she's sort of smiling and laughing. And there's another gentleman that walks in behind her. He doesn't enter the room fully, but he he stops. Basically grabs her, gives her a kiss, and then as she turns to walk in, she smacks smacks her in the ass, and he he leaves. Dang, uh, uh, dang it! <laughs> yeah, you guys want to go chasing him? Chip. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you go? Why don't you go see if you can? I I, I think that actually may be Rainier. <laughs> if if we're playing our cards right, <laughs> I'll, I'll speak to. I believe this is okay. Apollina. So correct. So she she turns around, and looks. Oh, we already got customers. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bay. It's uh, this is that type of morning. She goes, it's always that type of morning after one of the shows. But she goes, this isn't that type of customers. And with that, Chip, what would you like to do? 
<laughs> I say, good morning, dear fine ladies. Yeah. Uh, who is that lovely gentleman you were just with? I believe it's like, oh, that was Master Rainier. He's, uh, he's off to some business. Guys, I'll be right back. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will go with Chip. Okay. I'm a, a, as a hobgoblin, a six foot tall hobgoblin, I'm a little more imposing. But... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Here All we right. go. You guys dart out the door. At the door. Bowden, I'll get me, back. Sir. I'll get back with you. Take your time. Understood. <laughs> All right. Did you step out? You notice the uh, a gentleman stepping into a coach, uh, just getting ready to st- shut the door, and you go, "Excuse, Excuse me." me. <laughs> you see him sort of stop, look. He matches very much the description of what you guys have been told of what Eric looks like. You know, at, at the glance, other than the nicer clothes, the hair, and everything else, you're like, he's. And he turns back. He goes, "Master Halfling, is this something I can help you with?" Oh yes, hi. I I Chip. Good morning. It's nice to meet you. Because I'm Rainier. What, uh, what could I do for you? Oh, we were just uh, we were just wondering. Um, so uh, we we got him on a mission here. We're we're looking for somebody you might know. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you might know where he is. I have, I have a few minutes. You've piqued my curiosity. And then I look at, and then, um, wrote, uh, what is something I want to know before I proceed? You see him basically turn around, step off the carriage, and face you guys. Does he have weapons? Uh, give me an insight check. Uh, no, give me an Armed. investigation. <laughs> give, me, give me an investigation check. Investigation. Sorry. I can assist yeah. you since I'm uh, proficient in that too. It, it oh. wouldn't be it wouldn't be an assist because you guys aren't communicating. You guys are looking for yourself. Ah, well then I will roll it as well. You guys are because you're not going to be able to communicate between the two without giving away what you're talking about. Yeah. I got a nineteen. Okay. This day e hey af hey any epin way. A bibbidi bobby woo. Yeah right. I see you're not from around here. <laughs> What'd you get, Adrock? I have a 15 chip okay. gun. Okay. Chip, you definitely know he's at least carrying a possibly ceremonial dagger on his on his waist belt. Both of you realize that. Uh, chip, you realize he probably has uh, a dagger or two in the uh, gauntlet, not the gauntlets, but the uh, bracers he's wearing that's mm-hmm. on his wrists. But other than that, he's, he's not decked out, heavily armed, ready to go storm a castle type thing. He's exactly what you'd expect of a citizen of Waterdeep. Maybe carry a dagger or a sword to defend himself if necessary, but for the most part, they depend on the watch. We have reason to be concerned something bad may have happened to Eric. With that, you see his demeanor demeanor change. He's like, that's strange. I've come to the exact same conclusion last night. He looks at the, uh, he turns and looks up the coachman and he goes, wait here. I need need a moment before we uh, move on about the business. He goes, Anytime, no problem, Governor. I'll be right here. He goes, uh, why don't we why don't we talk inside for a moment? Yes. As the three of you turn to walk inside, Adrock, you feel a slight tug on your pants. Like a small hand reaches up and grabs you by the side of your your pants. I look down. You see a you see two boys about probably preteen, 12, 12, 13 year old uh there standing in front of you. And the little kid looks up and he goes, you Adrock? Or you go, he goes, you A-Rock? I am. And he reaches into, reaches into like his, he's got like the small vest. You know, it's not like the street urchin type thing, but you're like, he's like one step above type kid. So he reaches into his vest, he pulls out this uh, folded letter and he goes, I got a message for you. And he doesn't hand it to you. He just sort of pulls it out. I slide him. I, I pull out a silver for him uh, and his companion and say, and hold it out to them. And with oh, they, my 
<laughs> as soon as you pull out the, the silver, they cough it up, no problem. You they you take this, they take the silver piece and run. And uh, you've, you've just got... toppled the economy. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Uh, so what does this uh I, I want to open the letter and they if they're walking back inside, they can walk back inside, but I want to open the letter and yeah. see what it does. You guys, uh, Chip and Rainier, walk back inside. Adrock, you stay for a moment. Open letter. You read common, correct? Yes. Okay. It says Candle. Yeah, Candle Box Lane Warehouse is the only thing that says on it. Okay. And I'll need you to give me a perception roll, please. All right. Let's see. Oof. That's not going to go well. Oh, it might actually go well. Uh, that's a 17. All right. So you will be able to actually re react in the initiative order. So give me an initiative roll. Everybody can, all three of you guys can give me an initiative roll so we can figure this out to keep track of what's going on. Hey, <laughs> wow. I did not expect to jump right into combat. Let's see what happens. Oh, nine. 17. Oh, 18. Sorry. Okay. I had 17 as well. And I look at my decks. Oh, not as high as I thought. Oh, well. <laughs> I'll throw my initiative in a roll 20. As soon as you put the uh, uh it were it may not get to the actual battle map. This is more uh reactions for the uh type of scene that's gonna have take place. Okay. So you guys can actually act in order and everything else instead of having to call back out. All, All right. right. And zoom as well. And also do it in roll twenty, if that helps then for keeping Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, I I mean I can uh, actually I can pull up roll twenty. Let me just pull roll twenty up so we can get used to playing with that piece. So I'll pull up the initiative piece, um, turn order. <laughs> Welcome to the pain in the butt that is roll 20 sometimes. Yeah. For I, uh, people listening at home, we're playing with the interface on the interface on the on the interwebs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're playing with roll 20. 20. So let me do this. Let me actually give you guys control of your characters. Never used it. I'm excited. You guys should be able to see the turn order now in roll 20. You guys can put your um, and I'll put a monster in there. Oh, that's right. We can type our numbers in there. We're about to get jumped by an entire shop of seamstresses. <laughs> <laughs> that might be pretty rough for you two. <laughs> so many pins. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> oh. So many thimbles. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be pretty hardcore. They all come out with like thimbles all yeah, over their thimbles. fingers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not brass knuckles or brass thimbles today. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna make brass thimbles. Brass thimbles. <laughs> Whoa! Pin cushion shields. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 this could be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing silk silk work, you know. The, the... Lace chain whips. <laughs> you know, they're they're like flipping around on the ceilings and stuff like that, swinging from the, the silk uh, uh, cloths. <laughs> This has now turned into an adult podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, and... SLR after dark. <laughs> SLR after dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. That's the order they go in. Oh, crud. Somebody beat me. Wow. All right. Barely. So, Adrock, as you're standing there reading the letter, you catch out of the corner of your eye, move, fast movement coming at you. As you see somebody basically throwing a punch at you. Quick, deflect it with your face. <laughs> yeah, I'm back in the shop, right? He's not. Yeah, you just, the door just shut behind you and everything else. So you're not aware okay. of what's going on. Um, yeah, Drock stops. 
opens his letter, looks down, glances up slightly to see a fist coming into yeah. his face. <laughs> oh, does a 19 hit you? Ouch. It, it really does. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You take four points of bludgeoning damage, the blunt dam- bludgeoning damage mm-hmm. as the uh, you get popped in the face. Just unexpectedly out of nowhere, some some rando comes running up to you and just decks you. <laughs> and at the same time, you notice that the uh, you know with with the stun, uh, not with, you know it doesn't stun you or anything, but it sort of sets you back. That you notice that the uh, his next move is to reach in and quickly grab the piece of paper that you have in your hand and snatch it in your hand and dart away. And he gets about 15 feet away from you at the start. So um, start looking up the flying tackle roll. He gets two actions. He gets a uh, attack, interact with an object, and then a movement. What? The, they the interact with the it's a stag it's a snag thing. Um, so what I can do is I'll roll his. Now would that be under the yoink or the yeet rule for D and D fifth edition? <laughs> yeet rule. I'll just give him an attack. I'll just give him a straight attack roll because instead of punching, all he wants to do is take something from you. Uh, make it an imposed athletics then. Okay. For you, to, for you to maintain, we'll do it that way. All right. So give me a give me an athletics roll. Oh, uh, eighteen. <laughs> just barely got just barely lost by one. You get a nineteen total. Sorry, but you notice that he actually grabs the. Uh, you feel the paper that you just had in your hand get snatched out, and you feel him dart away from you. I, I was pretty sure you were going to beat him. I was like. No, okay. Well, he. I thought you had a bunch better athletics, <laughs> but all right, Ed Rock. All okay. right, Bowden, it actually be your go. I am completely oblivious. <laughs> yeah, uh, give me a perception check. Uh, question as yeah. a reaction since he he took something and moved as a reaction, do I get an opportunity attack since he moved away from me? Yeah, you do. I, I will use that. Yeah, you uh, get a reaction. I will use that and I will. <laughs> we, ooh, I'm going to cast. Oh, this is gonna be awesome. Oh, yeah. This is going to be funny. Okay, so uh, right in front of where he's moving to, uh, I'm going to cover the ground uh, in on him in front of him. Uh, I'm going to cast, I'm going to throw out a stone, and I'm going to cast Grease. Is, it a, is Grease a reaction spell? What do you mean? It says casting time is one action. That's an action. You, you are using a reaction, not an action. You have to use something that... Allows you to cast it with a reaction. So reactions. I know that with any spell because I, I never really see them on the spells. So a reaction would be like shield. I'll give you an example of reaction spells. Just a second. Fireball. Yeah, no, that's uh... <laughs> prismatic spray. <laughs> yeah, reaction spells. There's only about eight of them. Reaction spells are like counter spell, gift of gab, shield, hellish rebuke, feather fall, absorb elements. Temporal shunt and soul cage. Anything else is an actual action, but you can still do a, a physical opportunity attack against them. Okay. Wow, there's only eight reaction spells total. <laughs> That's kind of disappointing. That is kind of disappointing. Uh, let's see. Now there are there are magic items that allow you to change spells into you know can adjust casting times things like that. You're just not there yet. Right. You can punch him, trip him, tackle him, attempt to grapple things like that whatever your imagination can come up with. Somebody just ran across in front of you and punched you. Yeah, I'm tripping. Okay. Uh, roll an attack. That is a... I guess we're using an unarmed strike. Yep. So that is a 17. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Well, he can do a dexterity check at disadvantage or fall prone. Actually, make it a dexterity saving throw, fall prone. Eat cobblestone, sucker. No kidding. Um, and you said 17, right? Yeah. Oh, no. You As he goes to step away from you, <laughs> you put your foot out, <laughs> roll a two. <laughs> Splat! You know, he hits the, hits the ground mud and uh, slides in and says, you know, one of the things you've noticed about this road that you're on and where the uh, stitch in time is, there's an enormously large amount of carriages, wagons, things like that, that travel up and down in this area. And it seems to be much more heavily congested with it than what you find in the rest of the city. And it's just the nature of this area to have a lot of different things. Uh, with that being said, it is Bowden. You've actually, that was the reaction. Bowden, you're oblivious. Oh yeah, I rolled a six on my perception yeah, check. You're so like you're, you're busy talking to Bay, and you're sort of watching as Rainier and Chip walk in, and Gortok. It is your turn. Okay. Uh, then, as a Gortok, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as a, I'll move you guys over here out of the way, and then put the combat together. Right. As this is where this guy gets to. There's your bad guy. I will. Uh, I will move over to him. Grab. Yeah. You're in base to base with him already. Okay, good. And I will grab him and raise my 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 crossbow. Uh, so I've I've got him by the tuft of the shirt, and okay. I raise my crossbow. And then, uh, so I don't know if I have enough time to say something. Oh yeah, you, that's a basic action. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then I would say uh, I believe you have something of mine. Uh, give me a grapple check. So attack. So give me um give me an attack roll to grapple him. Ooh. Ah, I'm rolling dice tonight. Uh, that as with my unarmed, I guess. Yep. That is a nineteen. I'm yeah. not gonna roll well at all for the rest of the game. Reach down, grab a hold of him, pick him up. He's you know not a very heavy, very small human, and you sort of pick him up and you say you may have something in mind. Any, you know, as the crossbow comes up and points at him, he sort of smiles at you for a moment. Anything else you want to do with your turn? Uh, I don't think I can do anything else. Um, okay. Let me check. Uh, no, I can't do anything else. Okay. All of a sudden, you feel somebody come running into your back and sort of bounce off you. <laughs> there are <Yeah>. two. <laughs> I feel like Bodie and I are on one side of a shop window having tea and conversation, and Adrock's just getting the shit beaten out of him. <laughs> yeah, Adrock, you feel this. You feel you know somebody coming up to try to do that that tackle from behind, sort of drops his shoulder and bounces off you. Like, <laughs> okay, that's a little bit stouter than I expected type stuff. Um, this second attack. Cody, to... this is Rainier. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a six foot tall hobgoblin with like 200. Exactly. <laughs> Did you try any of these cookies? They're delicious. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Adrock on the window glass. <laughs> <laughs> Scrape it down. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, as you turn to see what just sort of smashed in you from behind, you see another another human male. Uh, as he sort of shakes his head off, he he reaches, he stretches out with his legs and kicks the back of your knee, trying to knock you down. Ouch. He gets a eighteen total to hit you. That hits. I need you to give me a, a dexterity saving throw or fall prone. I told you I was only going to uh, I was only going to do well. Um... On those, on those beginning rolls, <laughs> I figured after the after the three they rolled to tackle you, he wasn't going to do much better. <laughs> I was like, oh, "You're going to have a hard time here, buddy." 
duel of the inept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I rolled a nine. All right. You feel the you feel the back of your right leg kick out, and with the weight of you holding the uh, other guy, uh, you basically go down to one knee. As a reaction, he's going to take advantage of that. Uh, nice, no, he doesn't get a reaction for that. Oh, uh, with that being said, uh, Chip, give me a perception check. Anytime now. <laughs> By the way, calling out for your friends is a zero action. <laughs> Ten. All right. <laughs> you are behind a you are behind a shut door. You do have two other people engaged in conversation with you, and you guys are sort of focused on that. All right, top of round two. It was a top round two. DM one. He's going to try to break the grapple from you. Uh, so that's going to be an opposed strength check with you. That's how we break grapples, right? Grapple, grapple, grapple. Hey, yeah. if you say it is, it is. <laughs> I just want to double check. I'm not. I'm not breaking any rules on that type of thing. Because yeah, it's opposed strength checks. So, yeah, how good he gets. He might do okay. Me, I, I'm going for the big sucking up to the DM points. Yeah, you got an 18. I had a 15. Okay, he basically brings his hands down, basically a, a double hammer fist onto your onto your wrist, forcing you to let go. Ouch! And uh, stands uh, and scrambles to his feet, moving as he's scrambling to his feet. He, if you'd like to attack him, he's going to try to move 15 feet away. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. shoot him in the leg. Like I'm, I'm holding the crossbow. He's right there. I'm gonna shoot him in the leg. Okay. Start fire. Some, some people don't pay attention to the cops. Okay. I'm sta- I have a hand crossbow. I'm pointing it at you. <laughs> no, no, I, I get it. <laughs> oh, boy, I, this is gonna be terrible. Uh, I got an eight. You got an eight. An eight. Managed to uh, fire the crossbow and it sort of lands between his legs in the mud, just barely missing him. Twang. You, you do realize that as you as you fire the crossbow, you're like, these guys aren't wearing armor or anything else. So they have, you're like, it should be too hard to hit him. He's scrambling fast enough to move away from you. That's the re- that's your reaction. Uh, it is Bowden. Uh, another perception check? Yep. <laughs> uh, that's a big 13. <laughs> that will do it because with the first round of combat out of the way and then being near the coach with the horse and everything else and uh, toying the crossbow and the shouts and the cussing of the, the three individuals, the horses, you hear a horse outside when he real loud shy away and you can hear the coach, you can hear a coachman cussing at the horse and, you know, trying to get it back under control. And you notice that, uh, you guys are Ad- pumping on Ardrock. Ad-Rock. <laughs> you, you notice Adrock is trying to, is, he reaches out his hand. He's on his, he's like on one knee. You can see him reach out his hand with, with a hand crossbow and fire that. And you can see another guy that's uh, standing behind him. It looks like he's getting ready to you know, give him a boot to the head from behind. Oh, Lord. Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll use 15 feet of movement to get outside. Yep. And you'll wind up. This is, this is outside for you. This is out, out the front door. Okay. All right. We'll just make it easy since Chip's over there. Chip's still inside with the other two people. All right. This is where you come out, and this is what you see. And you see in at you'd actually come out probably right here because Adrock's basically in the window being visible with a guy standing behind him getting ready to boot him in the head and you can see another guy scrambling through the mud uh, trying to get to his feet. Got it. Hold on a second. I am trying to see what I can do to this dude. Ah, let's go for the dramatic. What the heck? I'm going to do an intimidate. Okay. 
All right. But I'm going to throw in thaumaturgy on top of it, which is a transmutation cantrip. Yep. Your voice booms up to three times as loud as normal for one minute. Hold it right there! <laughs> okay. Basically trying to stun them into uh, not moving. Yep. What is your saving throw? I gotta, what is the saving throw they got to roll? I don't know. Hold on. Uh, let's see. Well, they just need to roll two or higher. They should be okay. It doesn't list any sort of... It doesn't seem to list... You're, well, no, because you're you're doing an intimidation... Okay. Your intimidation is... Roll your intimidation check for me. Got so. it. That would be a 15. 15, okay. So... With advantage? <laughs> well, they're going to go... They're basically going to make a fear test. Ah, okay. Against you. That. So the, the target number is going to be... That's 15 with all your bonuses? Well, with my... Yes, but not with the bonus of yelling three times louder than a human being normally should be able to. And I'll give them... Because you came out unexpectedly, I'll give them disadvantage on the save. Uh, are you directing at one in particular? Are you facing one in particular? Or are you just stepping out and the one that's running? Okay, so he'll have disadvantage. The one that's uh, fighting Adrock will not. I figure Adrock can take one guy. <laughs> it's when they throw. It's when they throw a bunch of them at him that he's slightly yeah. discon. He's slightly inconvenienced. The guy fighting Adrock seems unaffected, but the guy running away sort of flips over into the crab crawl and as he's getting to his feet turns and looks at you and sort of pauses there all right you can see the the uh the command has sort of gotten through to him like what what's going on um uh, he's got that natural reaction of who the hell's yelling at me uh so you've walked out you've cast you've cast that said uh, you cast thaumaturgy yeah said that and he's sort of paused so he's not running right now good just wanted to stop him so that okay. i can catch him next turn <laughs> <laughs> there you go Adrock, you have you have one guy engaged with you. Uh, one guy base to base with me. Yep. Okay. You are basically considered prone at the moment. Am I prone? Yeah, you're prone because he knocked you down. Remember, allowed you to allowed his buddy to get away. I see. Then I'm going to uh, stand up. All right. I will cast grease uh, at the guy who just froze. Okay. Um, right at his feet, and it's going to be a ten-foot square uh, centered on on him. Um, oh wait, how far away from me is he? He's fifteen feet. Okay, then it will be it will be a ten-foot square starting at him and moving out in front of the direction he was moving. Okay, so it'll be basically you know if he tries to go forward, it's not going to be a great day for him. But if he comes back towards us, it'll so a, a ten by ten square like that. Yeah, ten uh, ten by ten square like that. Okay, there you go. Um, All right, so that's difficult terrain. That area is difficult terrain for him. Yes, and he. Uh, let me go back to the spell. He needs to make a Dex thirteen uh, saving throw or be knocked prone. Bowden, as you as you yell at him to halt and everything else, you see him sort of spin, look at you, and all of a sudden you see his feet sort of still moving and scrambling. And you see him fall right in a pile of horse manure. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah exactly all righty then and uh uh as a that's an action that's an action both my cantrips are actions which isn't great uh as a i guess a free action i'm gonna yell out uh chip get out here 
I think the stop right there might have done it too. Yeah, Chip, <laughs> yeah. you you actually yeah, hear those Bo- cookies were really yeah. good. So. Yeah. I heard Bowden. <laughs> you heard Bowden, and then all of a sudden you hear Adra going, "Help!" <laughs> so I, I zip uh, out. Not your turn yet. Almost there. <sighs> Almost there. Sorry. And um, let me let me do this for you. Yeah. This is the we'll call this the house that you're in. There's the table you're at. You'll be able to move your own character out as well. So. The doorway is like right there where Bowden is. Gortok, Gortok, my apologies, Adrock. <laughs> the guy behind you, Bowden, you see this, but since uh, Gortok or Adrock's back's turned, you see the guy reach up with the uh, with a glass bottle and try to crack crack Adrock on the back of the head with it. Ooh. Adrock, duck. <laughs> Which is a good good sound warning as the uh, as the bottle goes wide in the swing. Uh, Second time he swings it back. Oh well, second time is actually the better time. But he he catches catch you on the side of the head with a temple there, Adrock, for nineteen. Yep, he 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 nails me on the side of the head. Okay, I need you to give me a Constitution saving throw. Twenty one. He doesn't stun you. Good roll. Thanks. But you do take three points of bludgeoning damage. A bottle to the head damage. <laughs> yeah, bottle to the head damage, and he bolts off to. Three, four, five, six. I use my reaction. You already used your reaction this turn it's to. This is the top of the round. No, it's not DM two. Uh, what did I use my reaction to do? That was short form, folks, for second dungeon master's character. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, yeah. DM two. <laughs> uh, no, your first your first reaction was to you attempted to attack him with your crossbow as you ran away and failed, uh, and you missed him. Okay. It's yeah. been a long round. Yeah. What should we call it? Monk Chip, it is your go. How many feet away is the greasy guy? 5, 10, 15, 20, 20. 25, 30, 35, 40. Mm, or 5, 10, 15, 20. You can, I mean, you one, two, three, four. 20 feet will put you in base to base. And he's the one with the letter? You have no idea on that aspect. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't have any idea. Um, I first, uh, let me All check you see on is- Adrock. That he's not bleeding yeah. internally or something. You see Adrock as well as Bowden both facing the one guy that's on the ground. He's trying to scramble to his feet. This guy. Yep, that guy right there. You're fine. <laughs> um, I shout out to him. You good? <laughs> good. That'll be your good. bonus bonus action, having a quick conversation with Adrock to check on him. I want to... And so what is right now the the one who's stuck here? What is he doing at this moment? He's well. He's. It looks like he's on a bit of a slip and slide as he's trying to scramble his way out of the muck and mud. He get knocked into. I want to knock him out. Did okay, he get, go ahead. Uh, the original uh, fall from the uh, the spell. You said he. Put he failed. He, uh, he failed that the the grease spell. He did fail. So he's prone. Yeah, he is prone. So he's trying to do that scramble, run, crawl, whatever he needs to as as you know as his, his turn's coming up. All right. Uh, if you'd like to attack him and use a key point to do stunning strike, you're welcome to it. Let's do it. Go ahead. Make a roll. Hi. <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> Did you roll a one? I rolled a one. <laughs> one. Uh, his as he as you're you're coming up to him and he's getting to you know he's it's almost his turn so he's almost up to his feet, but his slipping and sliding and the uh, the magical energy allows him to actually. Almost like the drunken master duck under you as you swing at him, and you're like, "He, I missed him." 
Chip yeah, the night back this powerful monk fist yeah. drives yeah. it down. He rolls it out of the way and it plunges deep into the pool. <laughs> uh, we won't say that, that bad. Um, the nice thing is you don't have to use the key point until after you actually strike him. That's when you can make the decision. So you don't burn your key points unless you actually, you can say, I want to use the key point after the fact in some cases. So anything else you'd like to do there, Chip? Can I see if my short sword pointed at his face makes him stop squirming? You want to draw your blade and uh, point it at him? Yes. Okay. So that is your attack and action and everything else. So you're in the process of doing that. Um, it is his turn, top around three. You guys are starting to hear cries for the town guard. You're starting to hear, you heard cries for the town guard and whistles are blowing. They are going to so hate us. <laughs> us again. <laughs> Every time we walk up, there you are holding weapons. <laughs> exactly. Um, his go is to scramble to his feet where he loses 15 feet. What's his, Adrock, what happens if he tries to move in the greased area? Difficult terrain. Difficult terrain? Yes. So that's 15 feet to stand up, 25 feet. You can move five feet, yeah. <laughs> so that's 25 feet, and then he can move out, which makes him 30. But before he can do all that, uh, as he moves away from you there, um, Monk, Chip, would you like to use a reaction? An attack? Yes. Attack, maybe. You can use an attack of opportunity to strike him. <gasps> an unarmed strike? Or grapple. Uh, an unarmed strike, a grapple, whatever you'd like to do. All right, unarmed strike. Okay, you're just trying to damage him. Four. No, you miss. Oh. He continues scrambling in the muck in the mud and gets away. <sighs> so that was his movement action. His next action is take a dash. Which is his normal move action, which is normal move. Well, that's his action, so yeah, which is a normal move. So he dashes away. Dash away, dash away, dash away all. How far away is oh. Say again? Like, are you, sometimes you say that and you're ending the encounter, and other times you say that he's still able for us to chase no, him. No, you guys are still able to chase him. You, uh, right now... Let's see. He had... He's 60 feet away. The first one that struck you, Adrock, and the one that you know has the letter is 60 feet away from you. The second one that cracked the bottle on your skull is 25 feet away from you, and they're moving off in different directions. Well, Muck Boy, he was in the grease. His yeah. first action was his move. Yeah, uh, so he, he cashed in his other, he cashed in his action to do a, to do a dash. Okay. So his move action was to stand up, scramble out of the grease, and then to then instead of attacking or doing anything else, he chose to dash away as his action, which allowed him another 30 feet of movement. Okay, so he's 30 feet beyond that, that red square. Correct. Okay. So right now, what we have is DM, uh, enemy number one is 60 feet from Adrock, uh, 50 feet from Chip, and about 55 feet from, about still 60 feet from Bowden. The second one is 25 feet from Adrock, 30 feet from Bowden. And Chip, you are 5, 10, 15, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And you're actually, you're all, and Chip, you're also 25 feet from them. But they are dashing away into the road as, fa as fast as they can go. And it is. The cleric's turn. Bowden, are, there, are there any guards over near where that guy ran towards? Uh, you take a quick look. You can see uh, which one. Okay. First off, I'm ignoring the guy that hit Adrock with the bottle. Okay. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> My current target is the guy who was in the poop. <laughs> gotcha. All right. The current guy was in the poop. Give me a quick perception check. All right. As you look, as you're looking through the crowd. Like I said, it's a busy road. In the morning, people are going about their business. Fifteen. Fifteen. 
uh, you can see some, I mean, everybody's starting to turn and look of what's going on because this is where the commotion is. The carriage that was waiting for that Rainier came in has moved away from you guys because you guys have spooked the horse pretty bad. Uh, the use of your thaumaturgy, thaumaturgy and your loud, booming voice there, uh, Bowden, yep. has caused horses to spook and shy away. Good. Uh, you can see a couple guards are looking in your direct. A couple city guards have sort of stopped looking at where the commotion centered from. Okay. I'm going to run. Okay. Uh, I, I think there's a game mechanic for this, but I don't know. I'm just going to. Here's the intent. I'm going to run full out for that guy, so shield you, up with the intent of just blowing into him. So you're basically doing a uh, shield rush or something. Yeah, like you shield a, a shield bash. I mean, it's it's a grapple, it's attack. The intent of it is to knock him prone. Correct. Okay. So, what is your total movement? Uh, well, my normal total movement is 25 feet. So what you're going to do is you're going to do your move action and a dash action, and in that dash action, if you're within range, if you get close enough you'll be able to use the you'll you you'll use a basically a shield bash to try to knock him down. You'll do right. a knockdown attack. I should be able to get him given that most of his first movement was taken up by being in goop. So correct. Are you taking the fastest, most direct direct path to him? No, because that will move me through the goop. But <laughs> now here's the thing is do you realize there's goop there? Uh, I don't know. How obvious is it? He was he was slippering in it. Yeah you do well you do notice he, he slipped and slid he did a slip and slide through there so you can you can take your mini and you can move him around the table so you can show me the path that you want to take. Okay, I can't. The, is he still on the map? Let's, oh, there he is, way down there. All right. Yeah, he's down here on the map. So, so your direct line is fifty feet to him. He moved thirty-five feet. Well, remember, after five feet outside of it, he still had five feet, fifteen feet to get up, twenty-five feet to move one square, and then five feet gets him out. And then thirty-five feet. Well, no, thirty feet. Five. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. So what can I, my base speed is 25. I can what, manage a 50 or is... Yeah, you can manage a 50 with a dash. All right. Is there any way I can get to him? No. So... You can go on, you could get to him by going through the grease pig. Right. But you, um, have, you have to take the chance of, will you make the saving? Actually, even if you go directly through the center of it, you, uh, because that'll cost you 10, 20 feet of movement, you won't get to him in a straight line. Because remember, you got to add... Yeah, uh, you got to add uh, twenty feet of mo movement to go through that red box. Well, I've already declared it, so yeah, I'll just okay. I'm just gonna full on through the through the muck. I'm just <laughs> okay, you straight go, on after this guy. You go darting past Chip, and as soon as you dart past Chip, I need you to give me a saving throw as you enter the magical area of effect. Right, uh, Dex. Yes, Dex thirteen. <laughs> okay. So he hits the grease. <laughs> please, please describe how you how you manage to navigate your way through the grease. And he he makes it almost to the other edge, <laughs> and then does a tumble forward and continues to roll. <laughs> gotcha. So as you enter as you enter Adrox's magical spell effect. Oops, wrong button. Magical spell effect. You slam slam into the ground, fall prone. So, Chip, as you're standing there, you feel Bowden come rushing by you, then all of a sudden just face plants himself right where the adversary once was before. Bowden rolled a three. <laughs> <laughs> you are prone. <laughs> now, that is your... Remember, you now can still take another action to get to your feet, 
it takes half your act it takes half your movement you still and then it'll take you 15 feet of movement to get out so roughly you'll be the basically you'd stand up and move to the other end of the magical effect i will do that <laughs> all right <laughs> yep you see Bowden go running in slip slide in the exact same area where the uh little human was running away did yep and uh he seemed to he's gonna need a bath with all the horse manure that's covering him <laughs> Can I actually take advantage of this and actually get a, a running head start of my five feet, jump yeah. on greased up Bodie and <laughs> slide to give myself some extra oomph to then lunge at this running away guy. That, that's your, your problem right there. <laughs> when it's your turn, yeah. When it's your turn, yeah. But right now it is actually Adrox, Adrox's turn. I'm going to cast, I'm within 60 feet of him, so I'm going to yeah. cast another grease uh, and we're, we're it's the same verse, uh, okay. same as the first, uh, you know, starting at him and then going out much the same way the other one did. Um, and I will cast Grease. It's a DC thirteen. Uh, <laughs> plus, it's, it, plus it goes off the map. So yeah, make a bigger map. <laughs> I can't just a second. Oh no, he he falls prone. <laughs> nope. As you see him uh, drop to the ground. Once again, you see as he's, he's running, uh, he's trying to dodge around somebody, and you see him fall to the ground on the other side of him. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to, That's good. I'm going to start uh, running towards him. So let's see. I have 30 feet of movement. I believe I do. Yeah. So you move six squares. Yes. So I move six squares. Let me move six squares. What? Oh, no. I got to go back to my selector. Go back to your selector tool. One, two, three, four, five, six squares, and I yell, thief, and I point at him. Okay. All right. All righty, then. And everybody around goes, yeah, he is. We can look at him. <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> obviously. All right. DM2 takes his time and runs 60 feet away from you guys in another direction. He'll basically run off the board. If nobody's going to focus on him, he's going to quickly escape down another alleyway across the street. Uh, and that brings us to Chip. Chip, with advantage, you may make a saving throw against the magical effect inside of where Bowden is at and do your acrobatics to move through there safely. All right. Oh, I got a zero for acrobatics. <laughs> uh, other question. No, what? what I'm saying is... Uh, you need to make a saving throw, dexterity saving throw of 13 or greater uh -huh. to resist Adrox spell effect, and you get to roll with advantage. You get to roll two 20-sided dice and take the higher of the two. Or, or in the saving throw box, right-click on the, the number next to dex and choose with roll with advantage. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Oh. So it's I clicked on, I have a 10, I have a plus zero for dexterity and a 10 underneath of it, and when yeah, I clicked so, it... What'd you roll? Did you right click or left click? Oh, I right clicked. Good. And then you click the one that said advantage. Look in your saving throw box. It's below your numbers. So below your the six ones that are going uh, left to right, there's a box that just has their abbreviations plus numbers next to them. And that's a it'll say saving throws. Oh, here we go. And if you right click one of those numbers, and you'll be able to roll with advantage. So yep. right click the one. Oh, right click it. Advantage. Thank you. Yep. Oh, so two dice just rolled. Yes. You did it. 15, comma, 5, plus 2, 17. Nicely done. So you 
quickly use do you take advantage of uh Bowden as he's moving through there slow <laughs> you you sort of leap off the ground land on his you know land on his shoulder step to his other shoulder step off his shield and jump See my face back down into the goop yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, sorry, Bowden. We're all having a bad day. So that puts you right in front of Bowden. Mm-hmm. And one, two, three, four, and that costs you ten squares of movement to get uh, actually fifteen squares to get where you're at. And then you still have movement to go forward, and your opponent is five, ten, fifteen, twenty feet away from you. And how much move? How much total movement do you have? Thirty-five feet. Thirty-five feet plus twenty-five, so that'd be what. There's 20, 25, 30, 35 places you in base to base based on your normal movement. What would you like to do as you catch up with the guy that's once again falling himself on the ground? And uh... <laughs> I tell the smallest character. <laughs> oh, I really want to. I really want to catch this guy. Okay. And ask him questions. Okay. Can I give him a flurry of blows? You can make multiple attacks to damage him. Yes. Okay. So. So what you do is you would first attack him with your normal attack, mm-hmm. then you'd use your bonus action uh, and a key point to make a total of three unarmed strikes. So does it matter which attack? I have three attacks. So using flurry of blows, which is a bonus action and, you, and uses a key point, will give you three unarmed attacks. That's amazing. Yeah. It, oh. are, are, is it is it non-lethal by default, or is it lethal by default or otherwise? Unless you say non-lethal, it's always assumed to be lethal damage. But remember, if you guys are trying to capture him and everything else, in this case, you know some opponent, some opponents instead of when they go to when they reach zero hit points may not be killed outright. They may be just simply unconscious. Got it. You guys haven't really used a lethal combination on him yet. It's all been blunt damage. So, <laughs> when we actually hit him. <laughs> yeah, when you actually hit him, Ad- Adrock hasn't stuck him with the anything quite yet. Not for a lack of trying. <laughs> So I would first do an unarmed strike, followed Correct. by flurry of blows. You first All use right. your action, then use your bonus action. Okay, here we go. Bludgeoning. Two. <laughs> Swing and a miss, says the, uh, as you, you know, actually, sorry, he is prone and you are in melee. Roll, roll, a, roll that again, because you get all these attacks with advantage. Somebody just re-roll again on this one. Four. Well, you missed, you, even with the advantage of that one, you missed. Now, the next two strikes, please roll with advantage. Yeah. Basically, any of those squares where you can click and make it roll, you can right-click it and say roll with advantage. It works everywhere. You're rolling your attack, right? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And when I right-click it, it says critical hit versus roll, not advantage. Are you, what are you rolling? Unarmed strike. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. That should be. That should have like a hit slash DC column over it. Oh, oh! Are you rolling the damage column or the hit DC column? Oh, oh just okay. testing you guys. <laughs> rolling the damage column. Go back to the, go back to the first one. Roll hit. Yeah. Roll the hit column with advantage for the first for the first attack. So much more sense. Because unarmed strike is under action and bonus action. Does that make a difference? No, no, they're the same thing. It's just uh-huh. for you, they fall into two, your unarmed strike falls into both categories. All right, the so... bonus action allows you only if you use a key point. If you don't use a key point, you don't get to use your unarmed strike as a bonus action. Gotcha. Well, now I did an advantage for my unarmed strike the appropriate way, and I got a 20. Okay. okay. Roll damage. That's more like it. That's more <laughs> what I expect out of a monk throwing a, 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 a blurry blows at somebody. <laughs> yeah. You, you go running up to him, and he's on the, on the prone and everything else, and uh, 
as he's struggling to, you know, he's as he's struggling to his feet, you reach out and pop him in the jaw. Go me, yeah. me a damage roll. All right. And now you can roll that one next to it. Yes. Four. <laughs> All right. Well, you got your flurry of blows next. You got two more strikes. So this is just a good old-fashioned left click for to hit flurry of blows. You have advantage, so you right-click it and say advantage. Do it with advantage. Correct. Use your bonus action. <gasps> and the hit DC one, yeah. Twenty-two. You hit. I got two natu- Is that right. a natural twenty for you? Uh, two Bs. Two Bs. Plus two. I think the B okay. is a twenty. Is and that? I have a plus two. Okay. So what's your plus to hit? Plus two. Flurry of blows when I. Yeah. Your unarmed strike. Yep. So you definitely hit. Roll. Roll again. A roll for damage, I should say. Oh, roll for damage. Yeah. The damage. Struck him. Four. Okay. <laughs> Give me your third and final attack. All right. Yeah, the B is a twenty. Oh, actually, then uh, the B is a twenty, so that's actually double damage. So, what's your bonus to damage? Four. So eight. So you have a plus four to damage. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's see. Uh, you should have. What's your strength? Uh well multi- yeah what's your strength plus one okay so you got a plus one to damage so you're by natural your damage is a d four so uh when you roll reroll your hit damage on this one and right click it and select critical critical hit yep because that's what you did ooh two plus three five five points of damage nicely done and give me and your third and final flurry of blows thirteen eight Plus two, 15. That's another hit. Roll damage. And critical hit? Uh, you didn't roll a critical for that one. Critical is a natural 20. When you get when you see the B, sing out. Oh, so that's oh. just a regular. Yeah, it's just a regular roll. One. One point of damage. You two watch, watch your monk companion ship just go running up over Bowden, no problem. Bowden, you sort of staggering in the mud a little bit. Um, <laughs> and you see him quickly run up you know, as the opponent gets to, you know, slowly gets to his feet, you see him just lash out and stagger the opponent back and forth. <laughs> uh, this, little, this little guy comes up just... Yeah, it's like, <laughs> just absolutely houses this guy. So you can see him staggering backwards. And doesn't even have time to get his hands in the air and the boxer stands to fight. He's just like, been hit three times and sort of looking around. <laughs> All right. Top of turn four. <laughs> Uh, actually, before turn four ends, Chip, you look up, Adrock, Bowden, you all see a uh, a wagon with a, moving at a pretty quick pace coming down. Chip, I need you to make a decision. You stay there and fight, or do you want to try to dodge out of the way as the wagon and the horse comes barreling, barreling down on you and your opponent? Grab him. Grab him. Grab him. <laughs> okay. Okay. Give me a... Actually, give me a perception check first. Monk, don't fail us now. I have a 19 plus 2, 21. Monk, after you, Chip, after you finish pummeling him, you sort of look up and you've got like one hand on his chest and everything, holding yeah. there, getting ready to punch him again. <laughs> you see this wagon moving at a faster pace and everything else as if, you know, it's probably one of the local nobles in a hurry to get somewhere. Uh, it's probably going to run you guys over. Since you are going to try to pull your adversary out of the way, I need you to give me a dexterity saving throw with disadvantage. Oh. So right so click. Dex- right yeah. click. Just like you did before. Advantage. 
Yeah. On the yeah, on the dex number, the dex saving throw number, the plus whatever that is on your saving throw side. Eleven comma eighteen plus two thirteen. So you've got just enough. Well done. You grab your opponent, you roll, you pull him out of the grease area, and you notice that the uh Adrock, you notice the horse starts slipping and sliding a little bit in the grease as the uh wagon sort of the carriage sort of loses a little bit of control. Damn your grease, Adrock. Uh, Chip, you and your adversary fall to the ground, but outside of the wheels and the hoofs of the speeding carriage. Adrock, you managed to sidestep it without much of a problem. DM1, he is grappled by Chip. He's going to try to break the grapple, opposed strength checks. What was that last part? You need to roll better than an eight to keep a hold of him. Now here's what you're rolling. on your uh, At the top of the, at the upper left-hand corner of your character sheet, you see strength with a plus something number underneath it. I hope. Uh, strength in the top row or in the box saving throws? Uh, top row. Okay, I have a minus one and then an eight underneath. Okay, so you're going to be clicking that box with a minus one on it. Uh -huh. you, is it just normal disadvantage, Gary? Or? No, it's just normal. It's a, okay. it's a straight roll. You just click it. Okay. Two. <laughs> Two? <laughs> that was the total? Yeah. Three plus minus one. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, in your activity to save him from being trampled, trampled by the uh, horse and buggy, he manages to break out of your grip to his get to his feet. He is slippery, you know. He is slick, Un, unrealizing, darts back into the grease. But before he does, you get in. You get a reaction there, monk. What would you like to do with your reaction as he steps out away from you? So under my reactions, I just have one. Okay. Thing. It's called unarmed strike. Deflect missiles attack. Well, the that's. That's one of the things you can do, but as a reaction, you, when a character leaves your combat space, which is in base to base with you, mm -hmm. you can strike out at him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Imagine you like have... you're fighting with him and he turned his back to run. And yeah. in the moment where he turned his back, you can go whack. Yes. So yeah. unarmed strike? Or you can I use my ukula, my ukula we? Uh, do you have it drawn? Oh, can I draw my... No, you won't be able to draw an attack. I mean, you can use All an right, unarmed strike. It's going to be an unarmed strike. Okay. So hit do the hit. Yep. 10 plus 2, 12. That hits. Roll down. All right. Four. As he goes to escape from you, you know, you catch him in the lower back with a... You know, when you want to do punch or kick him? <laughs> Where do I, given kidney. my height, where do I punch him? <laughs> where do you want to punch him? Kick him? What do you want to do? Right in the kidneys. Kidney. I was about to say, this sounds like a good kidney moment. There you go. You, got, you catch him in the kidney as he staggers forward into the grease. You see him slide, once again, fall to the ground and smash in the mud, not moving about the same time. It's, that's as far as he gets for his turn. Uh, Bowden. Oh, my. <laughs> and now the challenge is for Bowden to actually walk over to the guy. <laughs> All right, Bowden, give me a saving throw since you're still in the grease. <laughs> I know. You see 13. <laughs> X13. Oh, oh, it teetered on a 20, but I got a 15. So <laughs> you slip and slide out of the muck and mud that's was this really you have no idea why this road this part of the road is just so muddy and soggy and full of you know horse horse crap. But it's like the worst part of the road you've encountered. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are your greaves are covered, your every everything's covered on you. You're like unreal. All right, you go walking up to him. Well, uh, I'm gonna trot. <laughs> one, two, three, four. You got 25 feet of movement. Yeah, yeah. You get up next to him. 
All right. I'm going to put my foot on his chest. Stay down. Wait, is he up or down? Do you be doesn't seem to be conscious as you get up to him. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> oh, the kidney shot took him out. <laughs> That's right, it did. All right. I'm going to I'm going to incapacitate him with uh, let's see. You gonna sit down. Got any rope? <laughs> yeah. You can also see the guards are running towards you. Okay. Adrock, what did he take? I clipped my um I clip my uh, yeah. Combat's over, guys. <laughs> clip my hand hand crossbow back on my belt. I run over uh, and I say, uh, "There should be a note in his uh, in his pocket. He 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 stole a he stole a note from me." And so I, I go over to him and I uh, I fish around for the note. About the time you're walking up, the guards come running up and go, you know, hands. Let's see let's see, let's see your hands. You have about three guards that come work. <laughs> Uh, you see one of the guards step forward and he goes, uh, what is going on? What's going on here? Why is the ruckus? It's, it's wonderful that you're here. This, uh, this ruffian stole, uh, a message from me and I, I reach in and I pull out the message that he stole. Okay. And he's, and, he, and the other one, he was with assaulted him. I didn't see this guy hit him, but <laughs> hit him with he's a like, bottle. He's like, how can I be sure that's your note? Well, it says, uh, and I, I, I recall to him uh, exactly what it says. It said yeah. the, the warehouse, blah, 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 blah. And I recalled him exactly what it said. Okay. He goes, may I see the note then? Because he, he hasn't obviously seen you open it up or anything else. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I sh- he's, not stolen, he's not stolen any coin. As he looks at the note, he goes, okay, well, he hands it back to you. He's like, and you see about that time, five or six more guards are showing up, sort of cordoned off the area. People are sort of watching because now the town guard are coming around. Traffic's sort of having to divert around you guys. You see two of the guards reach over, pick him up, sort of roll him over. And one of the guards sort of looks at him, looks up at the uh, guy that's talking to you and goes, guess who it is? Guess who it is, Sergeant? And Sergeant's like, I've got no idea who is it. He goes, Darren. He's like, ah, one of our favorite cut purses in this area. Do you still own anything other important, any other important items from you there, sir? Master Hobgoblin. Just our dignity. <laughs> and I look over at Bowden. <laughs> <laughs> Drip, drip, drip. Drip. <laughs> he's like well um it seems that you've recovered your notes can't really charge them for stealing a piece of paper no uh but uh to a assault uh his his friend that knocked me with a bottle left got a little blood coming off like the back of your head by your did, ear and did this guy punch you i thought this guy was the one that punched you i'm not ken saying that not the boat I- I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> in in all the excitement, I don't remember. If he <laughs> no, he did not get me. He he chose instead to steal the note, not hit me. He tried. No, he got you in the very beginning. He got you bloodied your nose and everything else to distract you, so he could steal the note, but nothing else. He goes, well, if nothing else, we can collect them up. I'm pretty sure there's something else we uh can charge this zent for. <laughs> He's a zent, you say? I'd like to? Ex- yeah. I'd like to examine the. Uh, the, the unconscious. I know. Excuse me. He's not a Zen. He goes. No, this wouldn't be a Zen. He goes. You know. He's one of the. He's one of the Zans guild. He's one of the ex ex guilds. So we can always. Uh, sure, we can find something to charge him with, with all the trouble that's been going on. The usual suspects. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't call himself Zen. Excuse me. It would be uh, Xanathar's guild. He calls him a Zans. Okay. He's an eyeball dude. He's an eyeball dude. And you see when the guards sort of roll back, where the sort of pull up the guy's sleeve, and you see in the the forearm tattoo of the eye. On the uh, what is it? it with these guys? They're going nuts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They've been doing this for the past couple of weeks. They've been actually uh, causing all sorts of stirs. 
mainly attacking each other. It's an unusual that they attack any uh, visitors, especially like you. And he looks at you, Bowden, who is in full armor. What type of armor do you wear? Chainmail. <laughs> Chainmail. He's like, he's like, yeah. Most of these guys wouldn't attack you. Get attack somebody dressed like you for that reason. What are you wearing there, um, Adrock? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually wearing nicely tailored clothes that hide the fact that I have uh, yeah. leather armor on. Okay, so it, but, it, uh, woven into the clothes, so I maintain yes. an air of uh, dignity while fighting. Well, officer, I, I get the impression that they jumped my friend here, not knowing that we were nearby. Yeah. So strange. They must have must have had bad aim going for your uh, money pouch and only steals the letter. <laughs> well, <laughs> nothing else. He'll spend. He'll spend the night with us. And they go to collect him up, the, uncon the his unconscious form. Well, we appreciate the fact that you were here nearby. He goes, no problem. He goes, uh, I would say we're sorry that you got involved in uh, some of the darker part of Waterdeep, but uh, looks like that's the unfortunate aspect right now. He goes, hey, have a good day. And then they start to drag off, drag off Darren, and the guards start going about their business, waving people on, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> so... Does this, the, go, does this stuff go away? <laughs> it lasts for one minute. So okay. So as soon as my so so as soon as my voice stops booming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is wrong with this stuff? Oh, there it goes. Okay. <laughs> my booming voice lasts for a full minute. So everything I've been saying is just like insanely loud. <laughs> Well, we're going to go back inside the station time, but I'm going to show after we get inside the station time and I'm going to motion for Bowden and Chip to come over to the corner and I'm going to show them the note when and hold my finger to my lips uh, so that they don't read it out loud. <laughs> yeah, it simply reads in common Candlebox Lane, nothing more. It wasn't like Warehouse and Candlebox Lane? Or yeah, something? Some, yeah, Warehouse, my bad. Candle, Candlebox Lane Warehouse, that's all it reads. And I mentioned to them that... Uh, we should probably make a stop there before too long uh, after we're done with uh, this conversation inside of the stitching time. So as the three of you go walking back in to the stitching time, Bay, Apollina, and Rainier are all standing there sort of looking at you. And Bowden, as soon as you walk across this threshold, Bay is like, do not do, no, 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 no. Outside. You are not spoiling all our material looking like that. Mm -hmm. Clean off, then come in here. Slink back out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I go to just, stop, start wiping it off and suddenly realize it's like there's nothing there anymore. It's like, yeah. what? What the yeah. heck? <laughs> <laughs> you go walking back inside and... <laughs> Pristine. <laughs> yeah. Now, you still have a, a little bit of dirt, but nothing is nearly as bad as what it looked like when you walked in. <laughs> I cleaned uh, up good. <laughs> quite impressive, Master Dwarf. <laughs> this is Rainier speaking. He's like, so... You seem to have interrupted my day, and Bay seems to confirm the, the short conversation we've we've had since uh, whatever that was out there. And by the way, what was that? They were uh, they were interested in something that I knew, and that would be for me to know. Uh, I mean, you'll pardon me if at this point uh, you all have not been completely honest with us. So I'd like to keep some things closer to the vest. Fair enough. Why don't we do this? Why don't we put it all our cards on the table and figure out what's going on? It would seem, from what Bay has, has mentioned, we are all interested in the same missing person, Eric. He's a friend of mine, as well as a business partner. He is Bay's employee. He's Bay's and Apollina's employee, employer. I have no idea what he is to the three of you. 
Um, so I will do this. I will tell you what I know in return for you telling me what you know. Don't see why not. All right. I, Thank you, Master Dwarf. I, I nod over to Bay and I I make it clear that uh, that she has information that we all might need to know as well. And I um, regarding what she looks over, she looks back at her and she nods. She's like, yeah, I, I have. He's like, okay. So last night I received a second ransom note. Strangely enough for myself. Wait, you received a ransom note from for, yourself? for myself. Oh, <laughs> he goes, he goes, the, I, I received, this is the second one I've received that says, um, for my father to pay up or bad things will happen to me, which I find amusing. Pardon me that for one moment. <laughs> we see what's happened, I believe. <laughs> he goes, I, I'm beginning to suspect the same thing. Uh, speaking with Apollina, the last night anybody has seen Eric was uh, about four nights ago at the Skewered Dragon when we were all there and he was playing a game and did, did fairly well for himself. It has been one of his better nights. It was actually a very comical night, too, at the card table, if I recall. Apollina's like, oh, yeah, it was, it was absolutely hilarious. I've never seen anybody get so mad at a game. Would that be Aristotle Fluxen? Don't know who the, the gentleman you speak of. I do know he was uh, in a house livery, livery for one of the noble houses, uh, Grail something. Grailhund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think that's the symbol. Rainier's like, yeah, I, th I think you might be right. That's the. Uh, that, that's him. He was. Uh... Anyways, well, there was a uh, couple of patrons that got into a uh, altercation, a fight. Unfortunately, struck the dealer and caused struck the dealer and one of the servers and caused the uh, deck of cards to uh, get ruined in the process. So. The game continued after a pause, after a slight pause and some change of cards, but uh, unfortunately, the the large pot that was on the table it went to um, lucky enough went to Eric. If it is Aristal, Aristal, he seemed rather put out by the loss. There was a good sum of money on the table, a good sum of coin on the table. Could you explain that again? The 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 circumstance where the there was a someone struck the dealer. And uh, there, he goes, yeah. Eppley was like, oh, there was two or three sailors got into some type of discussion. Next thing you know, they were throwing punches and mugs and ale. And uh, at one point, the dealer got struck and the cards got knocked to the table as well as uh, she's like, the server got hit and she spilled an entire tray of drinks all over the cards and everything else. I see. And so. prior to this, how was how was Eric doing or how what was the table? What were the table winnings like prior to that event? Fairly balanced. Uh, but this was one of the bigger hands. This was uh, they were playing. They were about halfway through through the hands when the cards got got destroyed. When the cards when the rest of the deck got ruined. On the off chance, could you describe those sailors? She's like they're sailors, uh, barefoot, you know, long haired. Uh, Rainier's like I don't even recall them either. Uh, I don't think hey, they were regulars though. Bay, would you happen to be able to recall what the men who were uh, accompanying Sadiq looked like? She's like no, unfortunately, I don't. Uh, Bay, have you have you have you conveyed to? Uh, Rainier, the circumstances which we spoke of before we were so rudely interrupted. She's like, we have. I haven't had a chance to fill him in. And Rainier sort of looks over at her, and they. She brings him up to speed, and he's like, ah, that would explain uh, some things, some of Eric's actions of his uh, seeming to be willing to risk so much at games. Hmm. It seems like he was. Uh, <laughs> seems like he got himself in over his head. Apparently so. And unfortunately, probably with most of my money or mm. most of the money I've given him, not most of my money. Anyways, 
Uh, well, I will say this: Eric did make good on his promise, and he pulls. He's got like a a satchel bag, you know, one of those uh, shoulder messenger bags he's been carrying under his cloak. He pulls that off. He's like, strangely enough, Eric did after the uh, game. He gave me actually all the all the winnings to hold on to. It seemed like uh, he wanted nothing more to do with the gambling for the night. He just wanted to go home and relax. It seemed like a great weight had been lifted off his chest. He was very happy. Hmm. So myself and one myself and one other and Paulina and who was your friend? She goes uh, Fiona. She how is she? Oh, I haven't seen her in like a couple of days. She's off. You know, she's uh, Paulina seems a little bit more flighty when she starts talking, goes off on tangents and things like that, but not too badly. And uh, he goes, we enjoyed the we enjoyed the company of each other the rest of the evening. He goes, I can tell you that the gentleman that you guys are calling Aristotle. Yes. Uh, probably he stormed out of there pretty, he stormed out of there before Eric left pretty much in a huff. Pretty sure one of the bouncers was going to carry him out the way he was acting. But neither here nor there. Okay. Is he, uh, is he done with his tail? Yeah, he's done with his tail. He's like, that's well, I, all I have. I take in, um, I, I reach into my. Oh, he does, he does say, um, he goes, the ransom is a thousand dragons to be delivered on the fisherman's wharf. No later than the night, a night of Midsummer's Eve. Which is what, two days from now, three days from now? It was three days from now. Yeah. Okay. You mean the currency or the. Oh, the current. Inside of Water Dream, gold coins are called dragons. Okay. So he goes, he goes there because if you're not from here, it's just simply a gold coin. Each city-state has their own way of calling their currency. Uh, so after he's done with his conversation, I nod and I pull out the note and I lay it flat on the counter uh, for everyone to see. Uh, and it says, uh, warehouse, uh, was it Candlehurst? Candlebox Lane. Candlebox Lane. And we I, had, go ahead. I received this note uh, from uh, a courier uh, right before I was attacked. We're not certain, but I suspect it might be an arrangement to meet with um, Aristotle. Uh, I had asked one of the people he is known to work with to see if we could set up a conversation with him. And my hope is, is that that what is what this message is. Although, honestly, given that they did not sign it, there's no guarantees. We have three days to either come up with a thousand dragons or to find Eric. And I, the only lead we have so far is this note. So I think that we should, I think that we should rest and at nightfall, uh, go check out this. Uh, it's not, it's barely lunchtime for you guys right now. Cause remember this was the next morning. You guys had got up the next morning and decided to head over mid morning to, uh, the stitching time. So you guys are barely mid morning, late morning time frame. Now with, with all the cards on the table, we should point out that we were drawn into this initially because of, an encounter with a young lady at the roadhouse south of here who indicated she was intending to meet with him. Uh, you guys can all give me individual insight checks as you're watching Rhaenyra's face. Bowden got a 10. Six. You said insight? Yep. Out of 14. <laughs> well, Adrock, you're the only one that catches the slight smirk on Rhaenyra's face. Sort of like, uh, yeah, he's, he's probably having a uh, dandelions with somebody he probably shouldn't have be type thing. Ah. Probably having a liaison with somebody you shouldn't have, but he... The look of typical. Yeah. <laughs> so you were saying before uh, you guys had to roll the insight check? And that's how we initially came into our pursuit. We 
she he was late for his meeting uh and we were asked to see if we could find out what had happened to him because this was four days ago uh was it yeah it was four days ago yes four days ago <laughs> because, well that would have been uh right after he disappeared he goes so <laughs> i should kind of be insulted for the price they they asked for the uh, ransom but since it seems like we have some time why not i do this i i will pay you a thousand gold if you prevent me from having to pay the ransom to recover my friend eric we don't give in to kidnappers i i understand <laughs> he says but i'm also not going to see him hurt so if if, if it's going to cost me um if it's gonna cost me a little bit of coin i'll do that well, i mean we were- I, he may be a business partner with mine, but he, in the in the in the half a year I've known him and everything else, he's also become a good friend, if not sometimes a troublesome one. <laughs> we understand. Uh, it's never been our intent for anything but the best outcome to be for Eric or anyone else involved. So we will do our best to make sure that he that we find him alive, if at all possible, and return him. Where did the uh, the the man with the Tattoo was a was a uh, Xanathar guild. Where do they? So I think that uh, the 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 man that tried to steal uh, this note uh, was a member of Xanathar's guild. Uh, do you have any understanding of where they congregate? Uh, there's a couple different places. There's some rumors mainly. Uh, supposedly one of their hideouts is in the sewers. Is probably the most well known one. That seems to be populated around. It seems like uh, there's always a story of them ducking into a back alley somewhere that's a dead end and disappearing. And one of the more common things that we under common things that have gone around to those that listen that they've always been around some type of main sewer entrance. He goes the really funny one though is uh, old Zebo shop. He goes there. Everybody keeps saying that oh that uh, that big stuff beholder in that that window is uh is the key to finding uh, any of the any of the Zan guilders and where they hang out at, but I highly doubt that's true. Short, sort of does sort of tie together. They do have this thing for big eyeballs and that thing sure, sure did have a big eyeball. He goes, yeah, but because that shop's been, a, it's been around for a long time. I don't think it has any ties to them other than it's, they're both big eyeballs, but <laughs> I'm not the watch and I'm not, a, I'm not one of the private investigators or even one of those conspiracy theorists. Mm. So I, I do think uh, most of the time you'll find them. You'll find either group in the dock ward. You know, most of it there's always some type of crime related smuggling things like that. Uh, somewhere near Candlestick Street or <laughs> the warehouse. I guess I don't know anything about that location, unfortunately. No. Neither do we. He goes, if it's a warehouse, I'm pretty sure we can find out uh, who owns it and what do they do. But if it's in the dock ward, he goes, Bay's like, yeah, that that's not too far from the Skewered Dragon. She goes, it's could be owned by any any group of people that have to store goods things like that for ships and things like that i have um because of that fight earlier i have but one spell slot left uh so if we don't end up taking a long rest then if we do decide to go to the warehouse and and someone gets us then i'm gonna be uh i'm gonna be at a disadvantage so i don't know if we can wait a whole day well it's only eight hours like it's it's so nice. it's almost noon now. Well, you guys can you guys can take a long rest and uh, operate at night. Might work better that way. Mm-hmm. So I think we should go back to our where we since we have to go to the skewer dragon. I think isn't that where we're staying? Yawning portal. I think we should go back to the yawning portal 
rest some, eat some, and get ready for a eight o'clock, nine o'clock excursion out to uh, this location and see what's there. All right. All right. Eric's like, well, at least allow me to give you a ride back. I, I can at least pass that way to drop you, make your trip a little bit shorter in town. He looks over at Bay and Appalini is like, will you two be okay? I can always send a, uh, someone over here to keep an eye on the area to prevent anybody from bothering you two. She's like, it'd make me feel better if, if nothing else, just knowing somebody was watching for somebody other than the city guard were watching out for us. Rainier's like, I, I, I can take care of that. Well, much appreciated, he, my lord, your highness. He goes, that would be my father. <laughs> he goes, as of tomorrow, the former open lord of Waterdeep, thank God. Thank the gods. He's being replaced. But anyways, Rainier is fine. Very good, sir. Try to avoid mentioning who I'm associated to. People do know who I am, but I'd rather not deal with the, the side, the, the fallout, the political fallout. No name dropping. Got it. And if they realize they don't have the right person, then they may come after you sooner than later. So you may... <laughs> <laughs> that, they would not, that would not be the first time. So somebody has been foolish enough to try that. So I lean over to Chip. Remember that, that, that shout I said for Lord Rainier? Let's not do that. <laughs> so yeah no no cheer no cheer or chant for me he goes right <laughs> bummer blood and souls for my lord Rainier. wait a minute <laughs> oh, that's right out. <laughs> he's like yeah i may unfortunately have my father's name but uh i don't i do not feel to have to deal with his choices on my character so bay interesting he goes thank you he goes i I am truly sorry that I did not realize what had gone on sooner. I thought it was a bad prank when I saw the original note of uh, somebody trying to ransom me back to myself. Quite entertaining and maybe some long night of drinking, who knows. He goes, Apollina, I do apologize, but our, uh, I will not be able to meet you for dinner this evening. I will have to have other plans. She looks a little bit pouty, upset, but she's, given the circumstances and the weight of everything else, she seems to understand. And Bay's like, yeah, besides, we got a lot of work to do. And about that time, Melinda comes walking in the door like, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to, I'm not so, like, what is going on here, <laughs> type thing. He's like, just start to work. We've got several orders we got to catch up on anyways. We've already, a couple hours behind. And he goes, uh, they have some lax policy, uh, t- attendance policies here at this business. <laughs> it, it, it is a, it is a uh, made to order business. <laughs> Rainier's like, you know, we've been having a discussion for the better part of, a better part of probably an hour. And I've not been properly introduced to one of you. He goes, as you know, I am Rainier. Rainier Neverwinter. Rainier is fine. No, no other titles. He looks over at the Hobgoblin. I bow my head slightly and I say, uh, Adrock. Master Cleric. And I am Bowden Orbrook or- or of, the, of the High Cliff Orbrooks. All right. You must be from the uh, Southern Clans. Indeed. I've heard of the High Cliffs. That's all. <laughs> You guys have all come out of the south south side of the uh, Swordwind Coast, so even your monastery chip is down that, that direction. Not in the same area, but you guys are all from the... At least the two of you are. Adrock's a little different. And looks at you and goes, Master Halfling, it was quite entertaining to watch your, your uh, fleet of foot skills through the window. Hi, thank you. And you are? Chip. Chip. Chip Elrug. Nice to meet you. He goes, if you'd be so kind as to join me in my carriage, I'll happily take you all over to the yawning portal before I'm on my way as well. Much would be appreciated, fun. sir. All right. Do, do you guys do a quick hop through the uh, area? <laughs> I lean over to Chip. 
I thought you were a gnome. <laughs> Same difference. Okay. Not racist at all. It's, it's a human. No monk. <laughs> no monk. <laughs> no monk, a halfling monk. I mean, you the humans, we all look the same. I get it. Okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> just just like for a dwarf, all humans look the same. Yeah, well, most of them. Yeah. <laughs> so Apollonia, not so much for some reason. Huh. <laughs> uh, she's definitely definitely uh definitely a different look. But uh I think she's if a you don't, dancer somewhere. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. If you don't correct him, Chip, he completely assumes you're a halfling. <laughs> <laughs> on out. <laughs> Alright, you guys get to the yawning portal. With several more pieces of the puzzle falling into place, our stout worthy investigators head back to the yawning portal to prepare themselves for a nighttime outing at the dock ward. Will their investigation at the Candlelane Warehouse bear fruit in their search for Eric? Or have they been led to a trap? Tune in next time to see where Adrock, Bowden, and Chip's investigation leads them. And thank you for listening. <laughs>